Access Bodybuilding with me, Aaron Singerman, and my co-host, Christina Voynich. Christina, what's in the news for this week? Comments on the return of the legends, Bluckman engaged, off-season updates, and more on this week's Access Bodybuilding. Um, Christina, let's start off with the, um, I know everybody's wondering, Bleckman engaged. We'll get to that one after their comments on the return of the legends. And I have to say, Christina, um, it doesn't happen often, but I was wrong this time, and you were right. Samir Banu, um, as great an interview as he was, as nice a guy as he is, did not place in the top five and did not uh, necessarily come through with his predictions. He uh, did not give Dexter a run for his money like you had uh, suggested. And it's unfortunate because you'd hope that, you know, he has such a, um, I don't know, he is like a legend. You know, he's legit. Yeah, he's a legit legendary bodybuilder. And uh, Michael and I were actually talking about it this weekend. On Saturday, we went and trained at a quads gym uh, in the city in Chicago. And uh, Dave, the guy that runs the gym, he's been around for 35 years. He's been to like 15 Mr. Olympias. He's, you know, always been a fan. And um, we were saying that if Samir did beat a lot of these guys it would essentially prove that the bodybuilders from his time, even from the 70s and the 80s, kind of are better than the guys nowadays. Um, if a guy like that can come back and reinvent himself and he can still beat this generation's top bodybuilders, um, it, it kind of highlights that generation even more. Um, so it's unfortunate that he wasn't able to do that because it would have been a huge, you know, accomplishment for that era of bodybuilding, I think. Well, you know, it's if he was able to, it's even it's even greater than that, because, you know, obviously at 56 years (laughs) old, um, Tony Freeman at 45, 11 years is a tremendous, tremendous difference. Obviously, it's a totally different era, but uh, that would be even even a bigger deal. I mean, that would have been the story of the year if he would have been able to beat anybody, any of the current guys. For sure. Um, and you know what? He he weighed, I think he said he weighed 202 or 200 pounds. In reality, with the condition we saw him, um, he was in, it looked like he had another 15 pounds to lose or so to be in uh, contest shape, maybe more than that, maybe even 20 pounds. Now, he says that, um, that that's not the case, that he was just very flat and that he has a problem with endosterone. And endosterone is the, the hormone that's responsible for making your body hold water. So uh, aldosterone. So he said that um, that uh, he has a problem uh, regu- regulating the uh, the level of water he holds because of that hormone, and he wasn't able to get it in control. Also, he was very flat. Uh, what do you think of that, Christina? I don't know about that. I no. think it's just I think it's just harder, you know, when you get to that age and you haven't been competing in so long. Um, y- you know, I don't know what his diet had been like from the last time he was on stage until now and if he'd gone through like a a test run diet but your body's going to respond completely different to, no. to even just dieting alone it's not going to respond the way that it did 10 years ago sure. um your metabolism not only is going to be slower your 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 hormones are completely different um and i'm not saying that you know it was anything even that he did wrong but maybe there wasn't another test run a few years ago of a you know some sort of new diet and if he's dieted the way he always had always had in the past which right. worked um it it just doesn't work now when you're at that age and which is unfortunate you know he looked great for for what he is absolutely um but unfortunately when you're standing on stage with the best bodybuilders of this era it's it's hard to to compare if he would have just been out there by himself um as a legend yeah he looks great you know uh, his age and all that he's accomplished absolutely um but that's not you know well, what they were touching on <laughs> he said that he did the old school approach that's what he said at the press conference he did the old school approach of dieting and preparing for a contest i don't know what that means i i would assume obviously that he, that that certainly means that he was doing things the way he did them in the past i, I have a feeling that now i don't know this for sure but i have a feeling that what he is referring to is the pharmaceuticals that were available, uh, anabolic steroids and other uh, auxiliary drugs that people take these days. I have a feeling he wasn't doing that or wasn't doing it to the degree that he feels people are now. I don't know what he means by that, but that's what I've got to assume he's talking about. I also know he didn't prepare for this contest for that long, and uh, he definitely didn't do a a trial run. So uh, 
Not, I mean, honestly, from what I saw then at the show, I don't think any of that would have mattered. I don't think he's beating Bill Wilmore or, or even Tricky Jackson or Darren Charles under any circumstances at this point. Um, and uh, I would love to see that happen, but it just didn't happen. Now, the uh, the bikini contest, I wanted to know, Christina, uh, We, you know, I did send you the text message you were waiting for. I think that <laughs> if you would have done this show, I can't see you not qualifying at this show. Worst case scenario... I think I could have seen you at the very worst in third place and at the best winning the show. So uh, do you regret uh, not doing it now? Um, not necessarily. Um, I think after six shows this year, I needed to stop for a minute. Um, you know, I've been competing. My, my second national level show ever was in May of this, this year. Or, uh, yeah, April, whenever Junior USA's was. That was my very first, na- my second national level show ever. Um, and my first one was nationals last year, about a year ago. So I stepped on a real national level stage and headed to the Olympia and then the Iowa Pro all between May and October. Right. <laughs> so I, I think um, just mentally I needed to not travel anymore. Um, and it would have just been way too stressful. And I think. Because of that extra stress, I don't know that I would have looked as good as I'd want to look. So um, just got to say, everybody better be prepared for the Christina coming in 2012. Uh, well, I'm not messing I, around. So I'm sorry. I just had to go on that tangent. But um, no, I'm not disappointed that I, I didn't do it. I think all the girls are disappointed they didn't win because it was $10,000. Um, but there's no guarantee you'd walk you'd walk away with that much money in the first place. So. Um, now... One of the things that I found was interesting was that Jennifer Chapman, actually, uh, she came to this show as her debut. This was the first show that uh, she's doing as a pro. And then last week, she, or last week, excuse me, two weeks before, or was it three weeks before? Either way, at NPC Nationals, that's where she got her pro card. Were you surprised that more girls from Nationals, uh, as each girl, each class got one pro card for their, their winner? Um, are you surprised that more girls didn't jump right in two weeks later, three weeks later? Um, no, I think for a couple of reasons. Number one, they were just in Miami. Uh-huh. Um, so they just paid for a trip and they probably couldn't stay there unless they're from there. So they'd have to go back home for another week or two and then come right back to Miami. I think that was number one or part of it. Um, second reason, I think they knew the top girls that were in here up until the week before the show. Diana Dahlgren was supposed to do the show as well. Um, she unfortunately got sick and couldn't compete. Um, so, I mean, you were looking at India, who had won shows before. You were looking at Diana Dahlgren. You are looking at Juliana Danielle. You are looking at Missy Coles, Tiana Ta. I mean, these are girls that have been placing fairly well uh, this year. So, I mean, there's top five that get paid. That That's what I think a lot of girls were thinking um, when they were looking at the lineup. Um, that's probably why some girls decided just not to bother with it. Well, I asked Jennifer Chapman. Um, basically how she decided to pick this show and uh, here's what she said oh my god I'm so excited way beyond excited I can't even explain I've done uh, 12 shows in my competition history and it just feels amazing to actually be able to get up on stage with everybody that looks amazing so very cool Oh, it's an honor to be on stage with people that I've been following for uh, the last two years. Um, they all look great. They always inspire me to do better, and um, I hope that I can hang with them. It was the next show for the, um, the pro shows, and plus there's an opportunity to get qualified under the, uh, the top three for the Olympia, so um, can't pass up an opportunity. Um, it just means that I'm going to have to push harder and stay in better shape and just hope that I can, you know, bring it all together when the time is right. Well, Christina, you might notice that that seemed like a jumble of quotes put together, and that's exactly what it was. Since the clips were all so short, I kind of strung them all together, and uh, you heard them. Uh, Jennifer Chapman sounded extremely excited, and I don't blame her. You know, getting your pro card and then going to a big pro show like this, a few, uh, literally a few weeks after, it's got to be uh, pretty exciting. Well, especially when she's done 12 national level sh- national level shows. Um, I'm sure finally being able to step on a pro stage was um, happy. She would be happy with that no matter, you know, what the place is. And then to walk away with a little bit of money is, is, a, is a big deal. Yeah, and Bikini, to make your first uh, pro debut walking away with money is, uh, is absolutely unusual. Absolutely. <laughs> um, now, 
I, I, the question I asked at the press, you know, at every press conference, I, I try to ask at least one question. Um, and uh, this one was no different. The only thing that kind of uh, held me up was that um, Sean Ray was going around kind of calling on people. Um, it was so slow in the beginning. I didn't want to be the first one to ask questions. And um, I wanted to let it go a minute. And Sean Ray kind of called on me. So um, the, um, the the question I, po- I came out with is, ended up actually being the question I wanted to, I would have preferred asking. So I got lucky by being that. That just happened to be the first thing out of my mouth. But what I really wanted to know and what I asked was not to any of the athletes on stage, but what was to Jarka Laurie, the promoter, um, was, you know, how did you come up with the idea of the show? And more importantly, will there be a show next year? Because if you look at the schedule on ifbdpro.com, there is not a show next year uh, with this name or in Miami or promoted by her. And um, she told me and she told everybody there that not only uh, will she absolutely be doing a show next year, but she is in the works of getting it approved by President Jim Mannion to be the Masters Olympia next year. Oh, okay. That'd be exciting. Which is actually what you and I had spoken about um, because the name uh, Return of the Legends or uh, this whole legend idea is wonderful and great, but it really didn't work out this time. And I think that if they continue with with what we saw this year, I think that the level of legends will be at this level or possibly even, you know, minus Samir Banu and a few other guys. Um, And I don't think any other legends will consider it after seeing what happened, you know? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly, but I, I I don't know. I mean, if it's if it's called a master show, you may even get more competitors to come out and do no, it. No, no, Masters Olympia. I think is I'm all for that. I'm yeah. just not I don't want. I, I am not for the legends status. Legends. I, okay, gotcha. I think that if they promote it as a Masters Olympia, I think people come from all over. I mean, the people do come from all over the world for the Olympia. So why wouldn't they come from all over the world to see Masters Olympia if you can combine that with several other events like a bikini or maybe a women's physique bikini and men's physique you know before you know it you got something good there well and i think if they even tie in the legends idea in when you have someone like ronnie coleman coming to guest pose you have some of the legends in attendance and you have them guest posing um i think that alone too will bring a lot more people um to the show because you're you're seeing you know, even though these guys are masters, I mean, they're the top bodybuilders in the world right now. Um, and on top of that, if you bring some of the big names and you have like Lou Ferrigno there like he was and you have some of these big name, you know, industry celebrities, you could bring a lot more people in the audience that way. Um, two final notes and we're moving on. Uh, one, the uh, the attendance in the audience people have asked me about. And it's something that I want to delve into further as far as like what kind of money uh, was lost on this thing, but the um, the attendance. I would say there's about 150 people at the prejudging, and I would say there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 people at the night show. Um, that's what people have been asking, so I'm going to give you my estimates. That's obviously not exact, but that's my guess from uh, from looking into the crowd and you know, kind of um, checking things out, guessing. You know. Okay. Uh, number two, the show itself was phenomenal. Um, and that's obviously withstanding the the numbers. There's a lot of people who missed out on a really good show. Um, people might think you know that it it, it wasn't that great because some of the the uh, masters guys, the legends, were not in the best shape. You know, so it was like um, uh, a big disparity between these current guys and those guys. That may be true, but the show itself, uh, what Jarka did was really amazing. I have to say that it has been um, you know I've been to almost every single pro show this year. And this one is at the very, uh, other than the Olympia and the Arnold and the Shrew Classic, this is probably my favorite show of the year. It was very entertaining. It was just short enough to still be entertaining and just long enough to still be a show. Um, the uh, the stage work, the, the MC job, everything that she did was great. I love that they had the legends on stage announcing the athletes. I just thought it was great. I thought it was a show and it was entertaining. And um, I would absolutely go back next year. And I would encourage other people to, too. I was going to say, it it seemed like everybody had a great time. So um, I'm happy to hear that there will be some sort of reincarnation of the show next year, whether it's Masters Olympia or the same show over again. And and people doubted that she would do it this year. So, you know, know, people asked me, people like industry people were like, do you really think she'll do it? And I said, you know what? You got to give her the benefit of the doubt because she did this one and nobody thought it was going to happen. Yeah, right. Uh, next story on our list, Blackman engaged. No, it's not Steve Blackman. He's already married. His son, Jordan Blackman, is officially engaged. Um, it, this is a Facebook official, by the way, uh, Christina. 
Oh, which means it's it real. is official. It's for real. So, uh, yes, he is engaged as of today. Uh, and I don't know if people are familiar with Jordan Blackman, but Jordan is Steve's son, who you see. Uh, the uh, He's very, uh, I guess you could say he's very heavily tattooed. You know, he's got a full sleeves, and um, he is the guy that you will often see operating the video camera uh, for Steve and uh, the MD guys in general. He's based out of California, and um, he's kind of jumped in with both feet into the whole MD video crew, and uh, he does a lot of good work. And uh, I think that, um, who knows, you may see him take over for his dad one day. You think? I don't know. I think that um, it's this... You know, obviously the Black Blackman, Steve Blackman, his twin brother, uh, his dad started Twin Labs because of Steve and his twin brother, and they took over that, and then Steve started this magazine. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, Jordan eventually takes over for his dad. It seems like it's a family business. You know, um, he is uh, engaged to uh, Trisha Stella. Uh, I don't know her. I never met her, and uh, I'm sure she's a nice lady or girl. And um, that's really the whole story there, as far as I know. Okay, good to know. Yeah, so uh, congratulations to Jordan Blackman. Uh, you know, I, I real quick, I wonder if there will be more engagements after uh, Christmas and the New Year's. Of course, isn't there, aren't there always? Possibly. Are you, I'll keep are you my, speaking? I'll keep, I'll keep my eyes peeled. No, I'm not speaking. Um, are you hinting I, at something? I'm not pr- if he's listening to the show, yes. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no, no. I just wonder because I think I remember there was someone who got engaged uh, last year. A couple of people who got engaged last year around this time. So hmm. just I'll keep my eyes peeled on Facebook. That t- tends to be the place to go. Michael Liberatore. Somebody's calling. A little louder next time. <laughs> All right. Um, so on to our off-season updates, Christina. And um, I spent a long time getting updates from people. You know, when there's not a lot going on in the bodybuilding world, we gotta we gotta make something happen to make this show uh, come to pass. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So what I did was I went out and I called people. I texted and called people, and I wanted to see how people we haven't heard from in a while or we hadn't heard from at all uh, in the past. How they're doing, what they're doing with their off season, how it's going, how they're going to celebrate Christmas, and what their plans are for the next uh, 2012 season. Sounds and, good. And so that's what I did. And I started off by calling new IFBB Pro, Women's Physique Pro, Jillian Ravel, uh, Jilly Jill on the boards. And uh, everybody knows her. I know you're a fan of hers. I've been a fan for many years. I was very happy when she got her pro card. So I took this as an opportunity. I've never had her on the show before to find out what she's doing uh, in her off-season, because obviously her off-season is not like a lot of other people's in that she doesn't know what they're really looking for yet. Right. You know, So it's hard to know what you got to improve if you don't know what they're, uh, what, the, what they're looking for. That'll be a lot of the physique competitors, both men and women, So, yeah. which is almost good because um, you, they can almost decide the look they want based on you know, all of the pros who look completely different. Exactly. So um, here is what Jillian had to say about how her off-season's going and what she's been doing with herself. So here is Jillian. Well, my off-season this year has been pretty different. It actually is the longest off-season I have ever had. Um, Usually, typically for me, in the past, my off-season has been two to two and a half months, maybe maximum three. So when I won my pro card in June, you know, I was... Totally, obviously, so excited and happy. But then I looked ahead and I was like, oh, my God. My next possible show is so far away. I'm not really sure what I need to do with myself. Um, And one goal I actually had talked to Dave about um, in my interview after I won, he, you know, said, what body parts do you need to bring up or what's your plan? And I know I needed to bring up my arms. Um, My shoulders are... Still, and always have been pretty dominant because uh, I was a swimmer growing up. And so I know I needed to fill out my arms. And training for figure before physique, you didn't really need big arms or thicker arms. So my arms were always lagging. Um, so I actually went to Kenny in uh, at Gold's New Haven. He's actually the co-chair of the NPC there. And uh, I asked him to do my arm training. You know, I can push myself during legs, back, shoulders. Um, I don't do very much chest, but, uh, you know, I could push myself to the limit to almost puking on my own for every body part but arms. So I know I needed someone to guide me 
to push me, and Kenny was the man for the job. So I've actually been training with Kenny um, every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. at Golden New Haven Gym um, since uh, June. So um, it's actually been really amazing. My arms have grown considerably from what they were before. Um, I didn't really think I needed to do get bigger, per se, with my other body parts. Um, you know, I really wanted to be team, but I knew I needed to grow my arms. So it was an interesting balance um, with my diet because I didn't want to get too big in my off-season. This is actually the smallest I've stayed in my off-season. I usually am on stage at 122. This off-season I got up to, like, 145, which is smaller than I normally get. Um, and I'm currently 10 weeks out. All right, Christina, so... The next thing I asked Jillian was, what would be the first show we would see her at? She said she'd been dieting. Uh, she's 10 weeks away from her first show. So to be honest with you, I, I'm not that familiar with when the first women's physique show is. They've moved around a lot of these men's physique shows. Originally, the men's physique was going to be at John Lindsay's show. Women's physique was going to be at the Flex Pro show. And, and things have shifted around a little bit. So I asked her, what exactly is the first show on her list? What's 10 weeks away? And what else is she planning for the year? So here's Jillian again. Well, I am 10 weeks out from the Arizona Pro Show on um, Mesa, Arizona. And I decided to do this show um, because it's the first show for women's physique. I, uh, you know, I, I thought about it, and my plan for last year was to hit the first show because they didn't know what they really wanted. So the girls who do the first shows basically kind of have an advantage because... Nobody knows what they want. All right, Christina. So we will see Jillian and the Women's Physique Division on the pro level uh, at Stryker's show uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. And um, I'm actually happy that this show is back in Phoenix in February um, because last time I was in Phoenix for the uh, Phoenix Pro, uh, it was very hot. I remember in the, in the, actually, obviously, the year after that, you went and Mike went, and it was also very hot, right? It was the middle of summer. Yeah, Mike did the uh, the Phoenix Pro last year when it was in February. Oh, um, that was his his pro his pro debut, two thousand ten. And then, uh, yeah, we both did Phoenix this year in the summer, and yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. So it'll be nice uh, for those competing to actually get to you know not be in a hundred degree weather, hundred five degree weather this time. Do you know uh, this is off a side note here, but do you know if you'll be at this show competing or if you're going to go to watch or what? I don't think we will be there um and i do at this point although anything's possible um i don't plan on competing i'm actually uh turning in my uh request to do the arnold so uh we will see if i get an invite Uh, if i do get an invite then i will uh continue training and continue my um you know prep up through the arnold instead of doing the uh the show in february when is the um deadline for the arnold um applications i think it's this friday so oh boy. Yeah. you are always pushing it to the last <laughs> minute aren't you christine hey it gets uh, in it gets in i guess that's the key i know a lot everybody else has already sent off i mean everybody i've talked to has already sent off so uh I'm glad you better get that thing off in time. Don't don't. I, I, I do know other people that did it like yesterday, okay. so I, I know I'm not the last one for sure. Did you write a uh, you write a little letter and everything already, or you got to yeah. do that tomorrow? Yeah, no, the letter's written. Um, you have to uh, you know send a letter. You send in some photos. You send in your competition history, um, and then apparently uh, right before Christmas they will be announcing the uh, those who are invited. So very cool, very cool. We'll I am crossing my fingers for you. Uh, the last thing on our list is I asked just about everybody, I think maybe everybody, um, on our list of people we talked to, what is your plans or what are your plans for Christmas? And uh, here's what Jillian had to say. Well, for the holidays, um, I have a very, very small family. It's my parents, my brother, my grandmother, and my boyfriend. So we are pretty much just uh, going to my mom's house. Um, I have always told anyone that knows me, knows how close I am with my family. So I will never miss Christmas Day and Christmas morning with my parents. Um, so it's actually kind of sad because my boyfriend is um, going to be away for work. So I might be checking up with him actually in California um, the day after Christmas. 
but uh, I'll be at my grandma, uh, my mom's house with my grandma. She just turned 90, so this is a big year for her. All right, Christina. Uh, next on our list of people to talk to is the showstopper himself, Big Ben White. And uh, Ben has been uh, missing in action, basically, since the Olympia. I haven't heard anything from him or uh, uh, about him in any regards um, since the Olympia. And uh, Ben is absolutely a friend of mine. And I had to give him a call and see what has been up with him and where has he been uh, hiding out. And uh, here's what Ben told me about his offseason so far. Ever since this past Olympia, um, I had to reevaluate everything. So it basically I needed time, time off. So that's what I've been doing. The last couple of months, I've been um, actually not doing nothing, just resting and getting myself prepared for the 2000 season, 2012 season. Um, got a job as um, head trainer up in um, High Rock Sports and Fitness Gym in Saratoga, training a couple of clients, um, and just working out, um, getting my food and everything else um, prepared um, for this um, January that's coming up. Um, my weight's about 287, 285, somewhere in there. And um, just looking forward to having a good year, injury-free, and um, taking a probably about the next eight, nine months off, and then come back and raise some hell and um, IFBB. So, Christina, Ben is getting – Ben was always Big Ben, but now he's getting to be really, really, really Big Ben. And uh, like he said, he's 287 or whatever he said, 290. And uh, he is telling me uh, that he's going to keep getting bigger and bigger, that he really needs he, – he's putting all his apples – uh, in this cart, or what would you say, in this basket uh, for for 2012, and uh, he wants to make an impact. He was very unhappy with the Olympia. So that wow, like 290. That's how how tall is he? Do you know? Uh, I would say he's five nine, maybe five eight and a half, five nine. Wow, he's that's big. that's that's big. Ben gets really big in the off season. I mean, he is. Um, uh, just to give you an idea, I weighed Ben myself. Um, at the Tampa Pro last year when he won, when um, Mike and him competed against each other. It wasn't last year. It was the year before last yeah. when he won the Tampa Pro. And Ben was on the scale the night before in front of me, and I have a picture of it, at 258. Um, now, that's with his clothes on. No shoes, but he is wearing his clothes. So you got to uh, guess that Ben's on stage at around 245. So he's definitely put on a lot of weight, but he is a big dude. Like in the off season, it's nothing to see Ben walk around at, at 270, 275 with abs. Mm-hmm, um, right. He's just a big guy, you know, big bone type guy. So uh, I'm not that surprised with that body weight, but um, it, he is pushing it now. This is the, the heaviest he's been at this level of leanness, he tells me. Um, I'm afraid that he keeps getting too much bigger. He's going to have a lot to lose in the long run, but you never know. Ben says he has a plan. I'm sure, I'm sure he does. I mean, if he can come in and he's made that many that good of an improvement and put on that much size, I mean, he could do really well. Yeah, I, I hope so. He just has to really all he has to do is put back on the size that he seemed to have lost in a year. You know, right? Um, now, I also asked Ben what is Christmas like for uh, Ben White in the. Ben White family. So uh, here's what Ben had to say about Christmas. Basically, um, all I do for Christmas is just um, sit around the house, either work, go to the gym, because um, I really don't celebrate it. It has nothing to do with religion or nothing else, but it just is a, it's, it's, it's a drawn out holiday that's been um, playing with presents and gifts and everything else, which is not the meaning of Christmas. So um, I might get together with a couple of friends and everything else, go out hang out, but just celebrating Christmas, I just don't do it. I just don't do it for none of the holidays. It's not a Scrooge or nothing, but that's just a choice that I um, tend to do. Well, it sounds like Ben has a very laid-back Christmas. Uh, not a whole lot happened at the Ben White House for Christmas. He just gets together with some people. A lot of people don't realize that, that Ben uh, was raised by his grandmother. So, um, you know, I don't think that he has any immediate family um, left to have Christmas with, unfortunately. So, you know, he he kind of makes it a, uh, a just a, a vacation day, more or less. Well, it's a warm way to look at it, though. It's yeah. at least a day off. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, next question is, what is on Ben White's mind? And uh, people who know Ben will know that he always has something on his mind that he wants to talk about. And I could tell when we got off, we got finished with the Christmas quote. I told him, you know, okay, that's cool. I just needed a few minutes. You know, we're we're done. He's like, uh, uh-huh, uh, and I could tell he had something else. I said, Ben, what's on your mind? And he said, that's what I'm going to talk about. What's on my mind? And so I said, all right, 
let's do what's on your mind. So this is what was on Ben's mind. What's on Ben White's mind? What's on Ben White's mind? It's the Olympia Sandown Trophy. That's what's on my mind. Ever since Jay Cutler let me hold it in the back, it was something that um, I felt that I can achieve with hard work and training. So I'm taking the next couple of months off, and um, hopefully I come back and do a Kai Green. And um, that's what's on Ben White's mind is becoming Mr. Olympia. So other than that, I really ain't got nothing much more to say, but um, watch out. The show Sniper will be back and um, coming back better, bigger, better than ever. Christina, uh, as I played that for you, you told me that's a hell of a goal, huh? That is, you know, some people may laugh at it, but honestly, I mean, you don't, you don't go into a show thinking, you know, all right, I'm aiming for fifth, I'm aiming for seventh. I could really, I could squeeze into tenth. Um, well, you know, you'll be thankful if you place um, even the top five at a show, but it's like you got to go in with the mentality that you want to win. So why not? And if you don't, you don't. But at least um, you can always say that you've given it a hundred percent and that you gave it, you know, everything. Possibly could um, because the goal is to win, you know. Well, you know, I don't know if you uh, noticed, but he said that Jay Cutler let him hold the uh, hold the trophy backstage, yeah. and uh, I think that that made a big impact on Ben for some reason. Like holding the trophy, I guess it feels um, when you're more tangible, maybe more like you know you, you he held it for a second, so why why can't he make it his, you know, kind of thing? Probably a little more attainable. Yeah, I, think. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Um, uh, so. You know, I definitely think it's 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 a lofty goal, but um, you know, the one thing Ben told me off the air is that you know, sixth place, I mean seventh place at the Olympia was Brandon Curry, and a lot of the guys who placed ahead of Ben, Ben had had beaten in the past, so he felt like you know if he was his best that he's ever been, that he would have been uh, seventh or eighth place or somewhere around there if he had been his best ever in the past at this show. So he feels like if he can get to back to his bat best and then surpass it, like he said, pull a Kai Green, then then what's stopping him? So um, of course there are going to be Phil Heath and Kai Green trying to stop him and a bunch of other people. But you know, I I, I appreciate his logic, I, and I really hope that Ben uh, does pull a Kai Green and and next year surprises people. Yeah, why not? So uh, next on our list, Christina is none other than. Aaron Stern, former Miss Olympia, uh, second place this year uh, to Nicole Wilkins. And um, let's just start off by letting Aaron tell us what she was doing at the moment when I called. Ready? Ready. At this very minute, I'm flying down the highway in a backwood taxi cab heading to New York City. Um, here to do a shoot for Buffalo Citizens and Buffalo Citizens. So, Christina, I got to say a big thank you to Aaron for even uh, giving us the, the uh, time to record these quotes. Obviously, you know, probably not the most opportune situation to do a uh, an interview or, or to give uh, audio quotes, but uh, she took the time out in the middle of her cab ride uh, to New York City to uh, talk to me for a few minutes. So that's pretty cool. She was multitasking just for us. So yes. a big thank you to Aaron. <laughs> so also people notice she's talking a little more quietly than Aaron you might might normally hear. I think probably uh, you know it was probably weird having the cab driver right there and stuff. So you know. Just keep sure. that in mind. Uh, so here is what Erin has to say about her off-season. Here she is. This off-season, I have been doing a little bit more cross-training. Um, I actually tried CrossFit. I didn't like it. Um, I've been running on the track, doing a lot of powerlifting. And uh, this time last year, I got a little overweight. And now, you know, I've maintained a good, good weight. I'm going back to a four-week prep for the Arnold um, if I get the invite. That's what's been going on here. Oh, well, Christina. So, um, you know, Aaron, uh, Aaron is kind of, I feel like Aaron is kind of just doing her own thing now. You know, she is, she's gotten very far in the sport. I think that she was just training how she wants to train at this point. You know, these are the things that she has fun doing the, the Olympic lifting, the running the track. And uh, I got to say that she is, I see her every day at the gym. So I could tell you, she stayed in a phenomenal shape. Um, she looks like, like she, she looks only like she's a few weeks away from doing a show. Um, and I guess that'll help her with this photo shoot that she's going to do here in New York City. But um, it's obviously working for her. 
That's good. I mean, as long as she's, sometimes it's like to the point where if you're enjoying your workouts and you're getting something out of it more than just, okay, this is another workout. I got to make improvements. Um, sometimes you even look better because you're actually giving it a little bit more effort rather than just going through the motions, you know? Right. Absolutely. Well, um, I asked, I actually, this is something a little, a tidbit that'll lead us up to this is Aaron, um, Aaron, I told, or I don't know if she told me or I told her, or maybe we just talked about it. On Facebook, you you now have subscriptions, okay? So if you have, in case people don't know, maybe we're informing them right here. You have your own page that people can visit. They can request to be your friend. And when you accept them as your friend, they can see your page, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can make comments on it and everything like that. Well, you have a fan page. You and I both have a fan page where they can come and do it. But when you are join to somebody's fan page when you like the fan page you don't get those fan page updates in your news feed you have to actually go in there and look at them you know they're not popping up like the normal ones um now you can make your profile public like i had mine for a long time uh but then if your profile is public then why does somebody want to be on the fan page it doesn't make sure. a lot of sense True. So what they have now allowed is subscriptions. So you can open up your normal page to subscriptions, which will allow people to see your page, get your updates, just like your friends, but not be friends, meaning that you're not actually on the friends list. Um, You can't comment on pictures and stuff. You can like them. You can't comment on them. Um, And this way you could technically have as many friends as you'd like. Okay. Um, So I was all proud of myself because I have almost a thousand and I happened to look at Aaron Stern's page, and she has almost 50,000. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we've been talking a lot in the gym about numbers and about what this means social media-wise. And so I had to at least ask her to uh, to talk about her 50,000 or almost 50,000 people, which I got to say is really like freaking like D-level, like legit celebrity. Um, so... I'm very impressed with it. And she just started a week ago with me. So uh, who knows? Aaron Stern may be uh, the, the biggest rising star we've ever had in uh, in fitness, at least on Facebook. That's so, nuts. Yeah. So uh, here is um, Aaron Stern talking about Facebook subscriptions. Well, I'm kind of a social media nerd, and I saw that there was an opportunity to allow people to subscribe to your public update. And I'm still learning a little bit about it. But um, as soon as I click that feature on... I started gaining subscribers, and I have almost 50,000 now. I may have 50,000. I haven't checked it, but um, I don't know what that means, because that's a lot, and I'm kind of excited about it. So um, pretty amazing. 50,000 is a, a big number. I'd be interested to see what other, you know, just kind of mainstream non-fitness industry celebrities have. Some of them. I need like to go the, look. I need to go like, look. You know, just, just average models that people may may sort of know in different industries. It might be interesting to see. Yeah, I, I think uh, it would definitely or, be. Or, or even like reality TV show stars, because sometimes those get a decent following and they're at least on, you know, mainstream TV. So yeah. it may be interesting. Um, the last one I got from Erin is what she's doing for Christmas. And here's Erin. I have big Christmas plans of trying to get the whole family together to go to Godfather's Pizza for all you can eat buffet. Um, but seriously, I, I celebrate Hanukkah. Um, so we're just going to do what we do every year. Let's have trust and sweet days and enjoy Hanukkah. Erin Stern, obviously Jewish, so no Christmas celebration for her, Christina. That was a, that was a trick question. That uh, was a trick question. You're, you're good. You're good. Uh, <laughs> next on our list, Marvin Ward, the human statue. Um, Let's uh, see what Marvin Ward, how his offseason's going. Here's Marvin. Well, uh, for the first part of uh, my offseason, I really gorged. I pretty much ate everything I wanted. And that was the reason behind that was I have a plan to stay kind of low in my weight with uh, my offseason. I don't want to go as high as I normally go. So I gorged immediately after when, you know, offseason began. But then after that, I slowed it down after. I guess about a week or two, I slowed it down. And it was kind of hard because Thanksgiving came around. Uh, went to uh, Dallas for Thanksgiving, spent time with my new wife uh, and her family. Uh, we bobbed over to Seattle for a little while. And then um, I'm, I'm back in Trenton right now. So as uh, it stands, I'm training a little bit different because I'm moving around more than often. Uh, but, you know, I've been training pretty good. I'm happy with how much weight I'm pushing. Uh, being able to keep my weight down, 
I guess I'm happy with the overall outcome of being able to keep my weight down because normally I'd probably eat myself in a sickness doing that. I uh, I pretty much died it all year, so to speak. I did a lot of shows back to back. Um, I think that was good, but I'm trying to keep that weight down and just push a lot of weight right now. So I'm kind of like in this gray area that I'm not really used to, but I think it's good for the overall outcome of what I'm trying to do for the year coming up, being that the 212 is in effect. So, Christina, I wanted to see for Marvin what his goals would be for 2012, and here's what Marvin had to tell me about 2012. My goals seem to be the same, but they differ in the matter of I know I'm bigger than I was before, so I'm not worried worried about my size. My my overall thing is not you know getting any injuries while I'm training, trying to do what I think is right about holding this weight down under a number. Uh, competing in that muscle heat, I was 186 pounds, and I think I looked good, but I really didn't. Because when I got back to the O. I, I really saw at 176, I still was, you know, puffy. So, you know, just learning to get the conditioning with this new muscle is, you know, my goal. So I think it's working in the sense that I can see that I'm, you know, a lot bigger and a lot better mm-hmm. as far as my overall look. But what I really want is to be able to validate it with a win. Last year was good, but this year coming up, I'm chasing to get a wind under my belt so I can kind of validate that um, I have this thing thought out good. So, Christina, Marvin had a good year in 2011. I actually talked to him, and he was saying that he wished, he was hoping that he had done better in 2011. And I told him, you know, no, he didn't win any shows or whatever, but he did great. He made a huge impression on the uh, on the bodybuilding scene and the, on the 202 scene. And that uh, a lot of guys like Jose Raymond, when his first year, he, he didn't do nearly as well as Marvin did. So, don't get discouraged. Uh, focus on 2012, and I think that's just what Marvin is doing. Yeah, definitely. That, that's good for him. I mean, um, he's he's. I, I don't know. What, I don't really want to say he surprised a lot of people, but um, for being the size that he is, um, to kind of make a splash in the 202 is, is is pretty good for him this year. Yeah, I, I told him. You know, one of the things I think, like you, he, you heard him talk about. It, I think he got caught up a little too much on weight. Yes, you know, considering he's five foot one or something like that, somewhere around that that area, um, being close to two hundred two, and not that he got that close, but one eighty nine, one eighty, even you know that's not necessary because somebody at five one, even somebody short uh, like um, I don't know, David Henry is pretty short. He's what five five, five four and a half. The yeah. difference between five five and five one is tremendous. You mm-hmm. know, when you get to that height. When you're talking about, even though it's only four inches, that's a big four inches on a guy that's short. Sure. You know? Um, so I asked Marvin what his plans for Christmas were, and here's what Marvin had to say. For Christmas, we pretty much uh, take Christmas like an extended version of Thanksgiving at my home. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in a sense that, you know, we, we don't want to teach the kids too much about presents and gifts. We want to teach them about togetherness and unity. So we try to make sure we have plenty of food and we have a lot of family around. We invite everybody over to relax and just enjoy being together. I mean, don't get me wrong, the kids get toys and things like that. But at the most, we we enjoy that uh, Christmas Day's uh, football game and, you know, everybody just being around and enjoying each other. It's, it's something to see everybody eating and having a good time where it's not just locked into the fact of the toys and the money and what you got. So, Christina, Marvin um, doesn't do, is not big on the presents. Not that the kids don't get presents, but that um, they don't make Christmas all about giving presents and receiving presents or toys, as he says. Um, I think that's actually probably a good thing, you know? I think that Christmas, not that I've ever had any Christmases, but think that Christmas and even Hanukkah, it's it seems like these days it's so much about the presents and not that much about like getting the family together. I guess that makes sense though. Which one? The getting the presents or the family together thing? No, I think, you know, being a little more about getting the family together. Yeah, that's what I think. I mean Yeah. Um I think it's over there's so much emphasis on the on the on the toys for the kids or the presents and not enough on the the rest of the deal. Sure. Hundred percent agree with you. Um, next on our list is Nathalia Mello. 
Um, now, before we get started with this Brazilian bombshell, I have to let you know she has T-Mobile, and for whatever reason, T-Mobile and uh, in Southern Florida right now, uh, around our neighborhood here. Well, she's four hours south of me, actually, in Fort Lauderdale. She said she gave me a warning beforehand. T-Mobile is having cell problems, so we did the best that we could. We had to do it a few times over, and hopefully, you guys understand uh, Natalia. She's already got a Brazilian accent, although it's not too heavy. The combination of the two may be a little difficult, but I wanted to make sure we heard from her. So um, this is Natalia on her off-season. Well, I wouldn't really call off-season because my coach, I like to call it improvement season. Uh, I've been learning a lot in the past couple of years how to handle my improvement season. In the beginning, I used to just like fall off the wagon and eat like it was nobody's job. But then I, I, I got to the conclusion that in the end I was the one paying for it and also it's, it's a lifestyle, you know? And so I've been pretty much like following my diet, doing everything, and the only thing that changes is that I take some time off. Uh, I've been traveling a lot. I found that it's a very good way for me to um, be focused and fresh to every show that I do. I've been to, I think, like five different countries this, just this year. Every time I can, I just take a break and I go to a different place. I explore and I, I see different things. And I, I, I find that this has helped me a lot to get, to get back on my groove whenever I get back home. So, Christina, um, Nathalia says that, you know, obviously you know she's taken quite a uh, – I guess it's really not a long off season for her. She says that – she told me off the air that she doesn't compete a lot on purpose, not because she doesn't want to, but because financially it's, she's just not able to. And you might think that sounds well. You might not think so, but people listening might think that that sounds crazy because she is sponsored, uh, you know, sponsored athlete uh, by Nutrex because she is uh, well the second best bikini girl in the world right now, placing second at the Olympia, third at the Arnold, second at the Europa in Dallas. Uh, but she says she can't really afford to do it. Does that surprise you? Um, a little yes, a little no. Um, it is expensive if you don't have a sponsor to help cover accommodations and um, food and flight. I do know sometimes that sponsors, not, I'm not speaking for Nutrex, but sometimes sponsors uh, will limit the amount of competitions that they will pay for um, based on their budget. So they'll cover two or th- two shows a year or something like that, depending on you know the situation, oh. um, which is part of it. But also... Um, all of the other things, if your sponsor doesn't cover your your suit, your hair, your makeup, your tanning, um, all of the extra things a lot of people don't think about um, can can cost a lot of money. I think one of the, I think one of the big things for her, Christina, is that she works and um, she supports herself and she works. Uh, she works uh, actually at a, at a I'm not going to give the name of the bar, but she not she works at a bar as a VIP bartender at a very nice bar uh, in Fort Lauderdale that I've been to. And I think she makes very good money, but the bar doesn't close till five in the morning. And I think that um, she finds it very difficult, if not impossible, to work and prepare for a contest simultaneously. So like doing it all year long, like a lot of these girls do, I don't think is possible for her. So she has to forego a lot of uh, income. And if she's supporting herself completely, you know, that's something that might not be easy to do. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I've done that, you know, have a normal nine to five Monday through Friday, plus trying to uh, compete, plus trying to diet and train and do all of that all at once on top of, you know, if your job isn't letting you, and this is for anybody, if your job's not going to give you extra time off to travel for a show, you're going to have to take unpaid time off of work. Um, And when you go into a show and you're only going to make maybe 1500 bucks if you win, um, I mean, goodness, if she's got that great of a gig, she would probably make twice the amount of that in a weekend, um, let alone if she goes and competes and she wouldn't get nearly that much. So it's understandable, um, especially when you're a bikini competitor or a female in the industry, and you're not walking away all the time with 10 grand like they did this last time. You know, sometimes you're only walking away with a couple thousand bucks. That's actually something interesting that Nathalia told me also is that um, all her contest winnings combined you combine all the money that she's won this past year, it doesn't equal to the money that India Polino won in in, uh, in Miami this past weekend. Right. Pretty yep. amazing. Well, I know um, even third place at the Olympia gets $2,500. Uh, oof. Oof. That's not good. So, um, Would, yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. So I asked her 
what her plans for the uh, 2012 season were, and here's what she told me. At first, 2012, um, as right now, I just have the Arnold in mind. Uh, I sent my, my, my letter in French draft that I get invited, and the Olympia that I have already qualified. And in the meantime, I will, I will, I will see. Um, I, my schedule, I would like to do the Europa in Orlando, but uh, I didn't see on the schedule so having the key uh, in 2012 or not. And I, I, I think there are a lot of shows that are still going to come, and I'm, I'm going to change the plan in, in, in the, the way. But uh, the Arnold and the Olympia, for sure. The Arnold, if I get invited, of course. Next on our list for Nathalia was, what is she doing for Christmas? And uh, here's what she said about Christmas. And for Christmas, I'll be out Santa. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'll, my family always comes here from Brazil. My mom, my aunt, my uncle, normally my cousin, and her husband, and like everybody, uh, they normally come here. And then we just try to make the best of it, and like we go out to dinner. I won't be doing anything too crazy. Um... But I'm just going to spend time with my family because I think that's that's what Christmas and the holidays are all about. I haven't seen my mom in a while. All right, Christina. Um, Nathalia's having her whole family come in from Brazil, and that's pretty neat that they'll all be here. And she says she does it every year. That must be a uh, something to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, it's always nice when um, you get to see your family, especially when they're, you know, from a different country like that. Hydrolyze Ultra, the leader in cellular hydration water. Hydrolyze Ultra water has been designed by shrinking and reshaping molecules to allow a faster and more sustained delivery into your cells. Our cellular water has gone through a magnetism and laser treatment process, along with adding electrolytes to our special ingredients. This allows all nutrients to be absorbed at a maximum cellular state. By using Hydrolyze Ultra, all nutrients, supplements, and carbohydrates you consume will be absorbed at a greater rate. Lactic acid gets flushed faster and you'll feel fully hydrated. Get the advantage that top athletes have achieved. Try Hydrolyze Ultra today. Visit HydrolyzeUltra.com That's HydrolyzeUltra.com Are you tired all day not making the gains you like? Are you taking a long time to recuperate from your workouts? Then you may be suffering from sleep apnea and not even know it. Sleep apnea affects over 68% of athletes and it may be interfering with your performance. WinningEdgeSleep.com was developed by IFBB pro athlete Dr. Derling Castro to help athletes find out if they have this problem and how to fix it. WinningEdgeSleep.com because sleep is the most anabolic agent there is. WinningEdgeSleep.com Visit them today. RxMuscle.com Now you have a place to turn when you want the truth on bodybuilding, diet, and exercise up-to-the-minute news and more. Visit the RxMuscle.com forums featuring celebrity Q&As with IFBB professional athletes, top amateurs, and the brightest minds in the industry. Listen to our weekly radio shows including Heavy Muscle Radio, Muscle Girls Inc., After Hours, and more. Contest coverage, videos, even our own social networking site, RxMuscleplace. Visit RxMuscle.com. Is Steve Cook, and uh, I know you know Steve because he's an optimal nutrition athlete. Uh, he's also the body space winner. The, what is it? Body space male men's physique winner, and uh, he is one of the first guys to win his men's physique pro card. Uh, that that makes it interesting his off season quote because he's had an extremely long off season because you get your pro card earlier in the year at one of the first shows, and that means you have to wait basically almost a whole year to compete. Uh, I know that uh, that's got to be tough for a lot of people, and, and I think that it, that's it pre- presents an interesting predicament for uh, for Steve. Right, he turned pro um, by winning the overall at the Junior Nationals in June. Yeah, um, so he has from June essentially until February, March at least. March. I'm sorry, March. Yes, yeah. to uh, you know have a forced off season, if you will, which I think. Uh, played in the favor of a lot of physique women's physique competitors because they needed to make improvements, you know, over the whole year. Um, I don't know if Steve needs to make that many improvements. Steve is, you know, one of, if not my personal, um, especially Mike too. It's like our, he's our favorite men's physique guy. Um, and I don't know if he need to make too many improvements. So yeah, it's tough when you've got a forced off season like that. It's interesting. And, um, me and, me and, uh, Steve actually spoke about this is he is, um, six feet tall and uh, 210 pounds. If anything, if the end of the year, 
shows us what we're going to be looking for uh, in the beginning or the or the pro division of the men's physique. In reality, he, he might have been better served spending his offseason not even working out. Possibly. I hope maybe not. Just, I hope maybe, not. Just, maybe just maintaining is really all he needs to do. High yeah. reps, right? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not what he's been doing. So here's what uh, Steve said about his offseason update and uh, him uh, getting back to training. So here's Steve. Well, my offseason has uh, been nice because of the long period I've had. I've been able to really kind of evaluate my weak areas. Um, not that that uh, in men's physique that you, know, you have to bring up um, your, your body parts to, to the extent of a bodybuilder, but it's been nice to kind of get back to uh, the balance, lifting a little bit more heavy, um, upping the calories a little bit. Um, because I did so many shows, you know, my metabolism had kind of slowed down a little bit, and also mentally I was just drained. So it's, it's really a nice time for me to to relax, take some time off, and then jump back into it and really fall in love with lifting all over again, kind of for for all the right reasons. You know, getting back to balance in my life, so bumping bumping up the calories, introducing a little bit more fruit, um, but also you know giving my my mind a chance to rest too. Because, you know, as soon as this pro pro season starts, you know, no one's going to know for sure what they're looking for. But, uh, you know, I'm going to hit it as, as hard as I can in hopes that, uh, that things work out for the best. Also, you know, I'm looking to train. I'm out in L.A. I moved out to to L.A. since my last getting my pro card, doing some castings out here and enjoying the sun, that's for sure. Looking to train uh, with Charles last year in the future as well. Christina, so I, I totally agree with Steve. He felt like a little burned out. He took time off, and now he's got the love for training back again. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, probably a lot of competitors go through that. And, you know, I don't think it's necessarily going to hurt him. Um, he has a great look anyway, and he's tall. It would be different if he's trying to put on a, a whole bunch more muscle, and he's 5'7". He's um, got a shorter place to go. He's probably going to look a little stockier. He's going to look a little thicker. But if he puts on just a, just a little bit, I don't think it's going to hurt him that well. He's a great-looking guy. He's got great stage presence, and I think sometimes that may, you know, win over the judges a little bit, even if he is a little bit bigger than he was at juniors. Uh, I actually asked Steve, um, he didn't attend nationals, but he did look at all the pictures and everything of the men's physique. And uh, I felt like nationals was extremely like disappointing, confusing for me, looking at the men's physique guys, and, and basically hurt my interest for doing it in the future at all. So I asked him what, how he felt about, the, uh, about nationals and what he thought of the winners. And uh, here's what he had to say. Well, I think, you know, nationals, we saw men's physique go with a little bit more of a... Uh of a male model type, you know, softer look almost. I don't even want to say male model. I want to say, you know, somebody that was very attainable physique. Um, for me, when I think of men's physique, you know, a name like Steve Reeves pops, in, pops into my head. Somebody that had, you know, years of of working out in the gym, but wasn't, uh, you know, before other pharmaceutical enhancements and things like that, really was a great body. He had, had the strength had size, had symmetry, as well as great genetics. You know, you, you have to have some, some genetics in order to compete. It's just how it is. So it was really, it's really interesting to start uh, seeing some of these different pros emerge and, you know, how, how it's all going to come out on stage on these, in these pro shows next year because I think you have a, a large variety of physiques and, uh, you know, we will, the fun thing is we will see how, how it all pans out and how uh, the face, I guess, of men's physique, um, you know, how it will change and evolve over the course of next year and really become, I guess, what it's destined to be. Christina, I have to agree with Steve, and this is actually something that I've said. Um, he said something similar to what I've said many times is that I think that men's physique should be attainable but not easily attainable, and he kind of echoes that uh that statement in a way saying that he thinks that it should be attainable, but it should take many years of work in the gym. Uh, and he, he actually cites Steve Reeves, who is a famous uh, bodybuilder in the, I think in the fifties and forties, I believe uh, he played Hercules and black and white. Um, and he basically, he, he points out Steve Reeves had a great body, a great natural physique, obviously not taking the drugs or if he was probably only testosterone, maybe nothing at all. I would imagine back then, uh, and uh, he was able to achieve a great look, a balanced, good look. And he says, 
if you imagine Steve Reeves in color and right now in board shorts, <laughs> that's what it should be. <laughs> I guess that's one way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I could, I could agree with that. And, and Steve Reeves, um, is non bodybuilder is non current bodybuilder as he looks today. He still looks a little bit more muscular than a, a majority of the men's physique guys we saw at nationals. So I would be okay with that. Um, I know that Steve is a big firm believer in trying to get the board shorts, get rid of the board shorts basically and go with a shorter short. Sure. And I'm actually a, a believer in that also. I think it's that uh, it would suit the division to have a shorter short where the biggest muscle in the body is seen. I definitely agree with that. It's possible. I mean, it's so new that it can definitely change um, in the near future. So I don't think we're going to see it change next year, unfortunately, but maybe in the, in the future, at some point in the future, we will see that. And Steve told me off the air that, um, that he thinks that the reason that more people in the industry and around the industry don't take the sport seriously is because of the board shorts. Uh, yeah, because they're, they're kind of goofy. You know, they're colorful and they may be a little even distracting. And I think too, um, sometimes the guys go a little overboard with the shorts by wearing something a little too colorful, um, a little too pink and light green. And it, it, yeah, I don't think it doesn't make it seem as masculine as it should be. Sure, the um, uh, the kid who won the tall class at nationals had um had long. I mean, obviously they're all long shorts. He had bright neon pink shorts. No? Right, right. That's going over. I will say, though, Steve, I think, wore teal-colored shorts, but he could pull that off. Right. Um, it depends on the guy. Some, I think some guys are able to pull that off and still look really masculine, and unfortunately, some guys just can't. Right. Um, next on the list, I was asking Steve about um, his Christmas plans, and here's what Steve had to say about Christmas. So for the holidays, my plan's probably going to be go back to Boise, Idaho, that's where I'm from, and... Uh, my family got a big family. We all like to get together, and uh, my mom, she's a uh, ex home ec teacher, or a, you know that's what she did um, when I was a kid. She was a home ec teacher, so she definitely knows how to cook and just makes all sorts of, of fun things. I am going to try to limit my uh, you know my cheat. I'm going to try to stay on on uh, on point as much as I can. Really do a kind of more volume work, maybe a little bit more cardio. Um, so I can't afford a couple extra calories, you know, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, but then, you know, it's right back on it. Um, I have to do that or otherwise, you know, I gain 15, 15 pounds of, of fat for the holidays. So I have a couple of shoots coming up in January um, as, I, as I get into the, the men's physique season. Um, you know, I'm really going to start hitting it hard and uh, get after it. So my holidays will be good. I'll enjoy, you know, a nice cheat meal on, on Christmas Day. But besides that, it's going to be all business. Looking forward to next year. All right, Christina, the last clip we have from Steve Cook is his plans for the 2012 season and where we'll see him next. And here's what Steve had to say. Well, my plan for uh, the upcoming season, obviously to uh, get on stage early, might not be the first show, but I would like to get on stage early uh, kind of to help set, you know, I guess, a, a bar um, and kind of see exactly what the judges are liking in this new pro division. Now, I'm, I'm still waiting to see if we go to a, a shorter short. For me, that would be something that I think would be a good um, a good change, especially in the pro divisions, to kind of really show people that it's a physique. Yeah, we're not bodybuilders. Um, I don't think we would come across as bodybuilders just because of the sheer mass is, is so much less in the physique competitions. But I think a shorter short, uh, you know, would have great success and just just the feedback that I get on Facebook and, and through other social uh, outlets, I, I just get so much feedback talking about how, how you know, shorter shorts might bring in new kind of um, um, realness or uh, bring in a, a new sense of credibility to, to men's physique. But either way, I think uh, I'll, I'll get on stage and, and give it my all and see where, see where we can take it. All right, Christina, that is it for this week. i got to send it on over to Jeff, the producer. And hopefully it'll be up tomorrow night on Wednesday. Sounds good. So, Christina, if they want to email you, they can email you at C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A at rxmuscle.com. Send you feedback, whatever. Talk to you about Muscle Girls, Inc. Also, give out the Muscle Girls, Inc. Twitter in case they want to see what's going on as it happens with Twitter in the minds of Diana Dahlgren and Christina Voynich. The dirty, yes, the dirty minds. 
the dirty, dirty, dirty minds we have. Uh, yeah, we also have an email address. So for uh, anything for Muscle Girls, you can send it to uh, musclegirlsinc at rxmuscle.com. And then our Twitter is, of course, Muscle Girls Inc. And um, we like to say it's a, it's a hybrid version of Diana and I. You never know who's going to be tweeting. It's either one of us, of course. Uh, I had someone asked if... Uh, we had someone else that was sitting in and running our Twitter page for us. No, it's actually Diana and and myself. Uh, so, yeah, follow us on there um, for topics, thoughts, suggestions, all that jazz. Wouldn't it be nice if you had, like, assistant to run all your stuff, unfortunately? I know. I was like, man, I, you, you, I was going to ask the guy. I was like, you want to do it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, were, you were more than welcome. Uh, but we've actually gotten uh, quite a few followers in a very short amount of time. Yep. So um, I'm excited. And as always, you can reach me at Jewbacca, B-A-C-C-A, at rxmuscle.com. And, hell, you can follow my Twitter at uh, twitter.com backslash Aaron Singerman, all one word. We also have an rxmuscle uh, Twitter, which is rxmuscle.com, all words. And that's uh, that. you can also follow us there. So that's it for this week, Christina. We have no guest of the week because the show ended up being so long. I do have three great, ex- exciting guests lined up. Uh, hopefully consecutively over the next three weeks unless somebody backs out or changes. I don't want to announce who they are because two of them are, are, are really good. So if I can get these two... And just, Dave, just in case, you don't want to no, spoil no. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to give Dave the heads up, but Dave will try to get them for Heavy Muscle Radio. You know I mean? <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. So uh, that's it for this week, Christina. Thank you for doing the show as always. And uh, we'll talk to you uh, in a week. Sounds good. Peace out. Peace out.